smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hi i'm abhinav call and welcome to this edition of mint guru portfolio today we have with us vikas khemani founder of carnarian asset advisors which manages assets worth 1400 crore Kemani is primarily an equity guy and is 95% in equities. The only other asset class he have is real estate. Kemani revealed his investment details and how he came to found Carnarian Asset Advisors in this interview. Let's listen in. Hi. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. how did your initiation happen into the market so you know i come from a fairly sort of humble middle class background like most of us and always uh, given the kind of constraint we see in our early childhood always wanted to make lot of money and when i was studying in college i saw this whole harshat mehta boom uh, you know playing out in early 90s in 1991 92 and i used to see see people talking about making money my cousin used to uh, invest bit in market so i used to talk about with him so you know and then ipos used to come so i started uh, getting attracted to it and started applying into ipos uh, and you know suddenly you know companies went public and you made money and you know mark to market gains happen and you start thinking that we are the smartest guy around uh, you can make money so easily even while working uh, uh, st- while studying in the college also you making so you kind of feel very nice about you and then of course the reality dawns so initially i did get, get attracted to the market in that 90, early 90s Uh, boom period and of course ended up uh, like most of us or most people uh, losing money uh, you know which was very painful and uh, it was also my you know father's hard earned money and uh, you know we were not well off so it, it pinched me a lot and that's where i kind of said how could i do this and i have to do something and you know how this game is played in fact in some sense it was more of a challenge and that time i used to live in surat so and surat did not have much equity cultures especially from a knowledge acquisition perspective those days and those days internet also was not very uh, mm-hmm. you know sort of there so uh, then i said okay uh, you know i was doing post college i wanted to study ca and so let me move to mumbai because i said i have lost lot of money of market and i got to make it up and i got to do something about it uh and i also in some sense that what is this animal called market and how do how do i understand this because of course people were making money so how do i am i make money so with that purpose i came to bombay did uh, you know complete my chartered accountancy in this process you know which which year was it when you finished your chartered ca i finished my 90, 97 is when i finished i came to bombay in 96 and in that period you know i used to every day read economic times follow i would i would not invest i would not trade i mean i didn't have money to be very fair i was student but i was kind of updating my knowledge i was reading what's happening you know all those things i was doing and once i did my ca you know i worked for a job environment was very bad that time so i worked for a industrial group for a year and then joined icic securities as a part of operations team and while working part of operations team i used to kind of see what was happening in the environment talk to people analysts uh, you know and those were days also the it boom was under play so again you know every little bit along with the people at, at this time around it was a little bit more knowledgeable uh, mm-hmm. but again nowhere close to so like again when 2001 crisis happened i also lost money but this time around i did not lose capital but i lost lot of notional money which i made 
in 1992 you said you were investing in ipos uh, can you name do you remember some of the names that you invested in <laughs> many of them like i i remember distinctly prime securities was the one which was considered a very big blue chip company those days uh, there was a company called i think uh, western paper or something like was that uh, there were many uh, mafatlal finance <laughs> those were the nbfc days so i think that group was there many of them even don't exist and i have those certificates with me to remind me of my you know pain uh, that what all i did so i i went mean, there were some 20 odd companies some south indian iron steel you know what all i mean i there are lots of and i most of them don't even exist today i can tell you that you know so your strategy was investing in ipos or you were yeah, looking at other... mostly ipos most at cost of motives and you know so it was only ipos and i would read in the newspaper those days those tabloids would come and they would give rating on the ipos uh, that means this is a five star rating four star rating two star rating and as you know that they are all obviously manipulated and you know uh, paid kind of stuff but those days i wouldn't understand as a kid so I, all i would do is i would look for the star ratings read little bit on the newspaper and decide my application karna hai ki nahi karna hai that was very naive way of doing things but you know <laughs> we have all done stupid things and you know i have done a little bit more so so yeah but uh, so i wouldn't study i mean i would study companies but that was not an in depth study it was just more of what you get in the paper and at the time of ipo you only get so much those days were not the days when management would go and meet and all those things so and when you say uh, your father's money so was that uh, your pocket money out of your investing or uh, borrowing no no, no, no. it was I, i took out money from my father i would of course invest into family members names so you know using their bank accounts and only but i was the decision maker and it, it would come from his whatever small little mid size business he had it would come from that so he had a textile business those days so it would come from that and in some sense uh, maybe i took some working capital money of my father and then used that and and those days you know i lost a couple of lakhs which was a big money for him right any learnings from that phase i mean learnings of course you know it was <laughs> and i'm sure a lot of people do that today also uh, when they are getting in the market that i did not even know what it is so i started basically you know getting carried away by by what's happening around and and without studying without preparation uh, i just got into it uh, just by the key thing is that you have to study you have to know what you're doing and if you know what you're doing then at least you'll be better prepared yeah i mean that that was very very nice to be very fair right and uh, around 97 98 uh, when you started uh, with icic security so what kind of portfolio you had No, so when I started there, I was into operations team. I was uh, what something called mid office, which was supposed to sit between sales, sales and the operations team. So supposed to take care of a lot of MIS, new products, product design, and so that gave me. And I used to sit very close to the sales team of the uh, institutional equities business. So I would, you know, hear them talking to clients. What are they talking? How are they selling? idea there would be morning meeting in the research so i would at times sneak into it and listen to what analysts are talking about since i was part of the team i would get to read their research reports uh you know so while I, every day i would once i finish my routine work uh of what was assigned to me either i would work on special project or i'll start reading up or connecting with the research or sales people say what they think of this so start thinking on that and and of course a little bit of investing whatever was there i would do that uh yeah so that so i would take some time out of my routine and then as people around me realized that i have a passion for equities i like to do something so i was given an offer or opportunity rather to move to sales servicing the client because i had content i had learned a little bit of drop so 
I'm not that I was a, I was still kid then. So yeah, so I then I I was the new project came uh, where in India FNO was being permitted or started. Mm-hmm. So as a part of the product team, I mean I was part of mid office, so I had to lead that implementation of FNO, and that business was a new business, so that also excited me. So I started learning that and I implemented whole FNO product for Isaac and we were the first one to start in India uh, FNO at that point in time. It, uh, which year? This was I think 2000. Okay. So this we did that. IPO funding was a new product that time. I used to lead that product. Uh, you know, TV18, HL Tech was the few first few IPO. Those days IPO funding was a very, very new concept. You know, so I could do that. So all those multiple diverse experience into FNO trading, research. I mean, it just kind of got me a reasonably good understanding of how markets function. And uh, and uh, so, yeah, so, but still my investing was not like, I mean, I took it seriously. I mean, I did kind of uh, invest, but I ended up going when the market corrected in 2001, pretty much 80% of my gains, but fortunately did not lose my capital. Then, you know, that's the time when I changed my job. I joined, you know, in 2002, I joined Edelweiss which was a very start fledging company and you know I started first building the derivatives business there because I had a quite a little bit of experience there, expertise there. So in those days my bent of mind was more arbitrage, short term trading, you know, uh, because that is the kind of clients we used to have hedge funds and proprietary desks of the banks and stuff like that. So the mindset of, so you end up pretty much doing what, uh, you know, you, your client wants, right? So I kind of became reasonably good at, you know, derivatives those days uh, and then so to 2005, 6, I did that, or 7, I did that, and uh, 8 crisis happened. And post in that period, I was basically given the responsibility to head, uh, head the entire cash equities and you know business. And in that process, the research department came under me. And that's where I started sort of seriously uh, studying companies, meeting promoters, and you know, uh, looking at businesses very, very seriously and differently. And you started when I was meant, you know, because research, I was supposed to guide them. <laughs> so I had to kind of prepare myself. I read and in this period of 2000, uh, post by 2002 to 2007, I got another interesting habit. And thanks to colleagues around me, because in Edelweiss, we always had a good reading culture. Mm-hmm. So people would read and talk and discuss. And so I got into reading many books, uh, you know, started with stock market wizards and you know, Peter Lynch, one of the Wall Street and many books, including, you know, uh, so and people would exchange books, talk about it. So, you know, it just creates that momentum. So, you know, and that also gave me different flavor, flavor to different, different investing styles, uh, long term investing, short term trading, you know, combination of both. That's the time I started even, you know, following or learning a little bit of charts. So it gave me a good all rounded experience. And when 2008, I started, you know, running the whole business where you know the whole equity research was under me and that gave me lots of you know uh, playground to learn experiment and test out knowledge and also increase my pace because i had to come up you know i had to kind of be a little ahead so and my you know investing started building very very well in that period i of course you know i always believe that businesses you can understand commonsensically so i would always approach things from common sense perspective so even if i did not understand an engineering business or did not understand a steel mm-hmm. business or and that's the period I started visiting plants I started visiting a lot of so in this whole period you know last 2002 to 2008 um, you know that period post edelweiss period I in the edelweiss I did a lot of those things visited plants visited 
visited uh, you know uh, companies met promoters uh, you know and of course debated them with our analyst team research team economist and that kind of sharpened lot more deeper knowledge what works what doesn't work uh, of course in this period i was also trying investing also so that also kind of hand in hand going what was working what was not working so and when so, did serious investing start happening then my serious investing where i started deploying good amount of capital was in 2011 12 12 actually you know uh, of course i've had a limited capital but also my most of the network was invested into edelweiss edelweiss stocks and edelweiss shares right because we were supposed to put in our money uh, you know in buying our stocks so most of my network was in that and that's when i started seriously large cap i mean i would probably say that time 90% of my capital was in edelweiss and then i started diversifying and and that in fact because it since it was a larger capital i had bit with the knowledge started working with that and that worked really well so you had formed up any investment strategy by that time kind of yeah i mean i always formed up that that time i started realizing that in 2012 if you remember there was a complete gloom doom right. and uh, you know things were coming out but i said if you can identify some good companies uh, you know uh, which are right now very low market cap but you know businesses are run well and uh and i used to meet companies you know it's not that so i was meeting companies and when you company would say something is wrong the market is seeing this differently than what you are seeing and that's where big big money gets made so i identified fortunately some few themes that time few uh interesting companies which ended up becoming fairly big for me you know they ended up becoming from 50 to 100 baggers also and uh what motivated you to start your own uh, investment firm then So again you know I've been you know so like as investing is something has grown on me it's become passion I love studying businesses I still love meeting to people and also I love business so I said you know when and I wanted to start having come from a middle class background I always wanted to start some business of my own um, and I had a great time in Edelweiss uh, so 2018 was the period where I think Edelweiss the businesses I ran saw the best profits best market share so I said you know it's better to live on a high and then start your own so that's when i felt that you know so i am living on a high and starts and business you start is what you like doing and what where there is big opportunity and i feel investing is something in india a lot of money is going to get you know wealth is going to get created mm-hmm. and so you will have surplus money uh, by many families and, and and india is a you know in my opinion next 10 15 years is a great market so we have a great phase and you know so in, investing is something what i enjoy so why not to combine that right uh and now coming to your current uh, asset mix in percentage terms uh and you can give ballpark percentages equity debt gold real estate alternative asset class how are you divided so i am actually primarily to be very frank equity guy uh, mm-hmm. i would say that uh, except some amount of real estate which everybody owns uh i would say i am i am kind of 90% into equities or maybe more actually Uh, the only asset class i have is a yielding real estate where you know which gives me rental income which pays for my bills and my living expenses uh, i don't have any fixed deposit i don't have any debt paper so i mean i i, I even if i have i'll be like i don't even remember so i'm maybe like very insignificant amount i'm predominantly buy and large equity person and then only other asset class i have is 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 real estate because i the reason why i did that also because i needed cash flow when i till the time i was working as a you know a professional i was getting salary the cash flow which was taking care of my 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 needs and 
and once i left i think this 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 asset is supporting my expenses so that's taken care and then rest of the capital i have i am by and large into equity because uh, i think equity is what creates the you know and what it has worked very well for me and i think that's what creates uh, massive wealth if you just can stay invested for a long time uh, right so no gold and uh, alternative asset classes such as startup invest uh... i i have a gold bond i think <laughs> which is like i would say 0.1 or not even a very small portion because that was as one of the experiment the sovereign bond bond which came and my wife said i want to buy gold so i spot little amount to just keep her happy right so can we say uh, equity 90% and 10% real estate or yes you can say so i mean in right. fact you can say you know 90% 95% equity actually 5% real estate <laughs> and uh, when we talk about equity how much of it is in direct shares and how much uh, it is in funds or schemes so it's because since i am myself is a money manager it is you know either directly or in our own funds there is no third party who has money from me most of it is direct because i own you know you know businesses i mean i don't sell so if i bought something in 2012 13 14 15 they're still continuing my portfolio if i need okay. to sell i'll sell but otherwise i don't need to sell so i'm just continuing on them and how much of your investments you hold via carnelian asset funds so i think that, that would be 15 20% and uh talking about performance how have your asset classes so equity how has it performed so you know i mean while i don't have a scientific way of kind of justifying that because i you know you don't have it but i would assume that because i came with nothing so i would have made 25 30% kind of return over the years or oh, you're talking about since uh, like 2006 7 you can you're say actually about... my serious investing started 2000 uh, you know 12 but i can take because the amounts were always very small earlier we started changing in 2012 mm-hmm. so i can say you know if i were to look at let's say 2000 you can take it from 2005 323 also and the base number will be same more or less right to 25% uh, cagr since 2003 yeah. and what is your overall uh, investment strategy now how often so, do you review it see you know you review all the time strategy you don't review you know in the sense like you know of course you keep making mistake you keep learning but broader you know one thing which is very clear over the years is a i think big money is made when only you bet money on right promoters right people secondly the businesses which are which can become big huge large sizable scalable business right where the opportunity size is not limited right the, the if the management does right job they can keep growing bigger and bigger there's no limit on the opportunity size that is the one part where you know of course you always make big money on the top of it i think what has worked well for me is that if you either can pick up a trend early or if you can see some mispricing between market perception and your perception or you have better insight on something that market is completely ignoring that insight and when that re-rating happens it's very big right so let's say it's public knowledge so i can say i invested in 2012 in a company called kei industries right the market cap of that company was 75 crores turnover was 1500 crores ebitda was something around one if i remember correctly 160 175 crores and there was some 4 500 crores of debt so market in that period in 2012 it was completely you know panic market and what i was seeing that company was kind of maintaining cash flow whatever they were funding they were paying to interest but the sales was there and company had transformed the business from a industrial cable to consumer cable kind of business in this period market did not see that and when i saw that i said if and i really like the quality of the promoters and team and everything else 
when I met them because I was meeting them since 2007-8. So I had a history of the company. And when I really saw this, I ended up buying a decent, you know, stake in the company. And, you know, I still own it. And if you see the stock market cap of the company is right now about 12,000 12, 12, odd crores, right? When you see so, but at every stage, newer and newer investors have come in. Some people have come 1,000 crores, some people have come at 2,000 crores, some people have 5,000, including some recent very large institutions came at 10,000 crore market cap. So what happens is that if you can get that insight slightly early, at different different stages, different different kind of investors will come to write the story further. And you can make big money of that. So like this, you know, so one is of course, in this also quality of the management and quality of business has to be there. Because, you know, if it is a small size, no matter what, how that business will, you know, what will that guy do? Right. And then in the top of it, if you can have slightly better or differentiated perspective than the market or slightly ahead in your insight, then you can do well. And I try to kind of focus a little bit on that. So because uh, you talked about Kai Industries, how it worked for you. Can you give other names, uh, some pillars that you would consider has built your wealth over the years? So I would say, you know, KA is of course one second. I, in 2012, another stock what I bought was Arthur Industries. Again, my thesis that time was that I had gone to Hong Kong to meet some clients and I was told that China is rebalancing their economy. They are basically increasing the minimum wages, power cost, subsidies they are removing and stuff like that. I just broadly picked up the theme. So I came back and asked our team to do work on that what are the industries because China was dumping in India most of the stuff. So what are the industries which India can do well if this theme plays out? And identified chemical as a sector that point in time. So we went and met a lot of companies, uh, companies in chemical, in, in, you know, in chemical field and in few other field textiles and found, you know, companies like Arthi Industries, Atul, SRF, they were like trading at five, six times PE. Their market cap was in the range of 400 crore to 600 crore. If you see today, all of them are in the range of 20,000 crore to 50,000 crore, 60,000 crore, right? So over the years, you know, when you see this kind of misspend little early, Mm-hmm. and that tailwind continues, then the profit also grows and the stock gets rejected. So these things, I mean, I have all these three stocks in my portfolio since then. So you, you can say, you know, they have kind of been nearly a uh, big success for me. So I think, you know, these are some of the stocks, but otherwise I, I keep looking at, I mean, you know, you kind of constantly are out. It's not that, you know, you are you are successful at everything else. Uh, any uh, stocks that didn't work that you want to highlight? So, you know, many have not worked. I mean, I have had situation where, you know, I have, I have kind of lost 70, 80% of my, uh, you know, money in them. So that, that will be there, you know, always uh, uh, in your portfolio, you know, always you will have to kind of struggle with that. And we, I also had my fair share uh, where, where, you know, you kind of, uh, and most of those accidents have happened when, when you know, you either become super confident or you become, you know, you, or you bet on a inferior quality of the management, you know, where you think that, you know, and uh, then you end up, you end up realizing that, you know, if you are betting on inferior quality of the management, you, you will end up, you'll end up, uh, you know, losing a lot of money. So that's what has happened in many cases to be very frank. Any, any specific thing that you will have? Better to know. It's better not to give names because there are people who, you know, associated with that, right? Uh, okay. To just create a, you know, the negativity. I mean, I don't want to say negative for anybody to be very fine. Uh, so you talked about the names like Aarti, they were a uh, small cap or right now, uh, is it safe to say your uh, equity allocation is mostly to small caps? 
or how is it divided so you know that's again interesting question it has changed over the years initially since i had a small capital and i started out mostly with mid and small caps it is now increasing of course the flavor still remains largely by mid and small cap because i feel you can make big money there multipliers comes from there but it's wrong to say that even large caps don't make money large caps also can multiply your return and so i have been kind of now increasing my large cap exposure you know consistently uh, i mean let's say I, you know we see the similar situation we saw in icici bank in 2019 where market perception was different and we could see the change now a large cap in last 3 years has become 3x right now which is a great thing according to me right so earlier my belief was that only small mid cap make big money but even large cap also makes on a risk adjusted basis very good return if you can get the cycle right and if you can get the perspective right hindustan unilever in last 10 years has given 10x returns so you know it's wrong to say that only mid caps make money but having said that you know it's slightly harder to find that is slightly you know uh, you need to have a little bit more uh, uh, different approach on that and which is what at least i have tried to evolve but not to say that it's easier it's difficult in mid cap small cap it becomes slightly easier because you have better access to the management you can have one on one conversation you can understand business slightly more deeply you know in large caps you have to take slightly different call but i mean said that it has its own advantage there's the risk is better managed they have better managers who are running those businesses so so the shift which i i was talking about is that i also started believing that large caps can make good money risk adjusted basis and hence you should have a balanced portfolio right and in, in terms of uh, a percentage if you can talk about small and mid cap would be around how much of equity still it will be 70% and 30% large caps Yeah, I mean, seventy seventy five percent will be mid small, and twenty 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 five percent will be approximately large caps. Okay, so and you uh, said that recently you started believing that large caps can also give a decent return. So, uh, are you planning to change that? Uh, bring up the large cap portion. I mean, again, it becomes a lot more depending on you know idea. So, I don't think I will change because I still feel that in a phases where where India is. large cap make yeah middle small cap if you are able to have a you know different risk adjusted uh, risk taking profile then you can have have you know many opportunities coming your way it's like this uh it really depends on your risk taking capability because in bad markets like when covid happened you know most of the you know uh, mid and small caps were down 70 80% now if you did not have that kind of risk appetite you will be emotionally down and you will be like completely sort of uh, in a bad situation but uh, you know uh, i kind of understand the perspective and i can step put with the with the with the you know with the volatility which comes along with the small and mid cap so i will probably it will probably not change okay and now talking about global uh, diversification do you invest in international stocks not really i mean i i am a very very big bull on india i think india is the best market right now in the world uh, from a growth perspective i also believe that days of rupee appreciations are behind us if i were to take a 10 year block or 5 year block i don't think rupee will appreciate further so i am bullish on rupee i am bullish on india and hence i don't think uh, you know unless some interesting specific idea comes and opportunity comes where i can understand excel that's a different but i don't make too much effort to go and invest globally <laughs> now talking about some uh, personal uh, details uh, uh, do you have life and health insurance i have health insurance i don't have life insurance okay and health is a company uh, p- policy or personal it's personal now 
you know this much but we have company also but i have more you know personal one okay so you have both uh, but the yeah. personal one is uh, the big uh, yeah. okay and were you able to go on a holiday in the past year oh yeah yeah i mean i make sure that you know <laughs> we do holidays so you know last year in december we went to jim corbett rishikesh the whole you know uttarakhand area we did that with along with my friends and family we had a good time i just took this summer a break small break in dubai so yeah i mean of course you know holiday something you know barring covid period or you know you, i did not that was a time when you couldn't travel but Once the travel opened, we've been traveling, and uh, and I don't have a problem taking breaks. To be very frank, I am no, I'm not something somebody who has to remain involved in the market all the time. So, uh, and when do you plan to take a vacation next? I think it's more coincides to be very frank with the kids' uh, holiday now. So, <laughs> I think it will be now next Christmas, which is like in December. So generally, we take two holidays a year: Christmas, December, and uh, uh, summer, where which is in July period, you know, June, July period. So we try to do, you know, two weeks outing in supplies a year, and in between small, small getaways, of course, trekking, all those things happen. In fact, I went to, I did a ten days trek to Everest base camp in May. Oh. <laughs> That was also a good holiday. I did a ten days Vipassana program in 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 uh, in uh, March. Right, right. Uh, and one lifestyle change uh, that you picked up during the lockdown that will become permanent now. so i think uh, you know uh, covid has pushed my journey by a mile towards spirituality uh, so you know i have learned to become lot more calmer lot more you know balanced about life uh, i saw people you know going away in no time and so that that builds your perspective that we are all running after building changing something but life is transient so it's better to have a balance of everything more spirituality and then also i have kind of started on journey of giving back and that i will definitely accelerate in times to come i have kind of in my mind certain commitments saying that i want to give back you know on an annual basis some amount so i'm going to only you know push that high uh, and uh, what does wealth mean to you wealth i think you know is one is of course you know your own well being your family's well being you know giving them a comfortable lifestyle uh you know i come again like i said i come from middle class background so i don't have a luxurious lifestyle and i don't intend to sort of get into ultra luxury or something uh i think so wealth is you know you got to use it to sort of generate more wealth productively in the process you know you should make difference to others uh either by you know uh, your your social activity or even when you are building businesses i do believe that anybody any entrepreneur who is building business also is having huge impact in terms of employment generation in terms of the making impact to the wider stakeholders so you know wealth is also means to do uh, entrepreneurial activity and that's the reason i also started my my journey as an entrepreneur because i think that you know i could see when we were building edelweiss at one point in time you know there were almost 1000 people working under me so it's a it's a joy of you know having impact on 1000 people right and that only as an entrepreneur you could do so so i i think so i always felt that entrepreneurship i mean if you have wealth you can embark on entrepreneurship right uh, so that gives you one more chance to so entrepreneur so wealth in some sense is a is a, apart from your your and your family's well being well well being also is an instrument 
to make a wider impact either through business or through society as see you know to your social initiatives on a wider you know set of people because we all know that we will not take anything back we'll all leave here and we have seen in this covid that's something that accelerated for me that people who had you know spent their lifetime building changing money and wealth you know in no time they were not there right and no money could help that time so you know it's always and only i think probably things can help and this is others blessings my last question is uh, how would you de- identify or describe yourself as an investor still still no wise learning every single day still makes still make mistakes so and i would say that i i consider myself is more as a common sense driven uh, uh, investor uh, you don't need to be having any lot of talk technical knowledge to make money uh, so i would say that you know uh, common sense driven investing uh, works very well uh, i of course you know mostly i i believe that i go for growth because only growth can make you big money uh, so if you can get uh, good quality companies invest into them businesses and i do also private investments so like you know i have backed many entrepreneurs in terms of putting money behind them and uh, and uh, so so you know that also i do so idea is approach anything with a common sense uh bet on people who are good people uh, inspirational people yeah wealth is an outcome i think if you do these things right you you will you will come out smart uh it was pleasure talking to you thank you abhinav lovely talking to you that's it for today if you have any questions you can write to us at mintmoney@redlinemint.com If you want me to cover any specific topic, DM me at at the rate Abhinav Call at Twitter. To stay updated on this podcast, follow HC Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com or suno nai nazariye se. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.